The reading in the Old Testament is taken from Joel chapter 2, verses 25 to 29. And this can be found in page 913 in your church Bibles. I will repay you for the years the locusts have eaten, the great locusts and the young locusts, the other locusts and the locust swarms, my great army that I sent among you. You will have plenty to eat until you are full, and you will praise the name of the Lord your God, who has worked wonders for you. Never again will my people be shamed. Then you will know that I am in Israel, that I am the Lord your God, and that there is no other. Never again will my people be shamed. And afterwards I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will see visions. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And the reading from the New Testament is taken from chapter Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 21, and it's on page 1093 in the Church Bible. The Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven. <coughs> and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking <coughs> Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors from Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, What does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've had too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews and all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. 
Listen carefully to what I say. These men are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days, and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. As more than a few of you know, I'm a great fan of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. And I'm going to treat you to a snippet. So can we have the first little snippet from the original radio, so there's no visuals, I'm afraid. Really? (laughs) Ford, I don't know if this sounds like a silly question, but what am I doing here? Well, you know that. I rescued you from the Earth. And what has happened to the Earth? It's been... disintegrated. Has it? Yes, it just boiled away into space. Look, I'm a bit upset about that. Yes, I can understand. So... What do I do? You come along with me and enjoy yourself. You'll need to have this fish in your ear. I beg your pardon? What the devil's that? Listen, it might be important. What? It's the Vogon captain making an announcement on the PA. But I can't speak Vogon. You don't need to. Just put the fish in your ear. Come on, it's only a little one. You should have a good time. Maybe. This is your captain speaking. So somebody do it. Pay attention. First of all, I see from our instruments that we have a couple of hitchhikers aboard our train. Hello, there you are. I just want to make it totally clear that you are not all welcome. The babelfish is small, yellow, leech-like, and probably the oddest thing in the universe. It feeds on brainwave energy, absorbing all unconscious frequencies and then excreting telepathically a matrix formed from the conscious frequencies and nerve signals picked up from the speech centers of the brain. A practical upshot of which is that if you stick one in your ear, you can instantly understand anything said to you in any form of language. <laughs> the Babelfish. Stick one in your ear, and you can understand anything said to you in any form of language. So Arthur tried that, and the message he got from the Vogon captain was bad news. He was going to send out a search party and chuck them off the ship. This is a spaceship, remember, so swimming isn't going to make any difference. So... The Babelfish gave, for the time you had it in your ear, the ability to understand any language. And we've just heard from Luke's writing in Acts that the early disciples, when the Holy Spirit came, spoke 
and people from all around the world understood them instantly, as if they were speaking their own language. And for them, it was not bad news. It was good news. Notice God's perfect timing. He's firing up the disciples to begin taking the gospel to the ends of the earth. And when does he do it? Just when people from the ends of the earth happen to be in Jerusalem, the biggest festival of the year. Well, well, God's timing. There is no indication that this ever happened again. It was a one-off. Just that once to kickstart a remarkable journey. A journey you can follow if you read through the rest of the book of Acts, but whose culmination is yet to come when Christ returns to take us home. This temporary granting of amazing abilities was a hallmark of the work of the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. So, for instance, you can read that craftsmen working on the furniture and the Ark of the Covenant, when the Tent of Meeting was being prepared, were granted special skills by the Holy Spirit. You can read that the 70 elders that Moses appointed to help him were granted wisdom by the Spirit. You can read that Gideon and Samson were equipped for their struggles with great strength and courage. All of these, the work of the Spirit, and as Rick said earlier, this is the Hebrew word ruach. I had a quick check, wonderful things computers, it occurs 320 times in the Old Testament, 320. Now I know it means breath and wind as well as spirit, but most of those 320 are references to the spirit. So the Jews were used to dealing with the work of the Spirit. So at least in part, the events of Pentecost followed on from what the Old Testament led the Jews to believe. But some things were different. Here we have a violent wind and tongues of flame. Now wind and fire were common symbols of the power of God. You can read back, Moses met God in a burning bush. The Jews in their exile were led by a pillar of fire. Elijah sacrificed his rather sodden bulls and fire came down from heaven and consumed them. God accepted his sacrifice. Jesus talked to Nicodemus of the Spirit. The wind blows where it will. Nobody knows where it comes from. Nobody knows where it goes. And it is the same with everyone born of the Spirit. Jesus is talking of new birth, the influence of the Holy Spirit. Well, George doesn't like me as much as he likes Carl. <laughs> so fire and wind symbolise the spirit, the power of God. 
And wind and fire are rather wild, untamable things. Wind, well, we can't even see it. A strength, a power. Fire, we can harness. But it's still dangerous and difficult. Wind and fire are powerful agents of change. How many of you walked the Hyde in October 1987? Quite a few, I should think. It was like the photographs of Hiroshima. Absolute devastation. A few odd broken stumps where trees had snapped rather than being uprooted. That's the power of the wind. If you've ever been into a building that's been devastated by fire, you see the same sort of results, barely recognisable little bits and pieces of people's lives rendered to ash. Wind and fire can be so destructive. They are agents of change. And so too is the Holy Spirit a powerful agent of change. He is a wild thing, untamable. He's not going to bend to our will. And he will change things. Oh yes, he will change things. We might be a little concerned at having to deal with a God who comes in a wild, untamable form. Wild and untamable, yes. But remember... This is our friend. With friends like that, you need fear no enemy. So at Pentecost came the roaring wind, the tongues of flame, and the tongues of flame separated and came to rest on each of the disciples' heads, individually, individually. And that's a key element in the change that is happening. Up to this point, the Jews had their relationship with God. Not as an individual, but because they were children of Abraham. They were part of God's chosen people. That's what made them belong to God. But with the promise of the Holy Spirit poured out as Joel prophesied on all people I will pour out my spirit on all people I will, not I might all people, not some, not many, not most all, I will pour out my spirit on all people and with the promise of that spirit comes a new relationship a knowledge of Christ brokered if you like by the Holy Spirit the original dating agency, I guess. Here you are, introduced to Christ. Now you have a special relationship with God which doesn't depend upon nationality. Now we are children of God, not children of Abraham. Sons of God, daughters of God, children of God. This now has become personal, not national. Jeremiah wrote that in the new covenant, the law will be written upon our hearts. This is the work of the Holy Spirit. If you read Ezekiel, 
He prophesies, and these then will be God's words. I will put a new spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and keep my laws. No longer are the laws and decrees written and enforced. They are written in our hearts. So we desire to keep them. So the Holy Spirit works in our hearts and we know and follow Jesus. Redemption now starts with a personal relationship, a relationship that works out to the body of people, not in from the nation. And that personal relationship, as I suggested, is the work of the Holy Spirit. He changes us. He is, like wind and fire, a powerful agent of change. He takes us and changes us. He moves us to follow. He moves us to accept and proclaim the good news, the news that God came to earth. He lived among us. He lived in the land of the shadow of death. He died in it, as indeed will all of us. But his death paved the way for us to return to God just as he did the events of Pentecost are just a few days after the ascension where the disciples saw Christ return to heaven triumphant then sending his Holy Spirit to keep us close to guard us to lead us on until Christ himself comes again to take us home so let's just sum up. The Holy Spirit came to the disciples. He comes to each and every one of them. He comes to each and every one of us. Just as promised. And the Holy Spirit is a gentle breeze. He is a violent storm. He's a candle in the darkness. And he's a raging inferno. He is wild and untamable, yet he is our friend and dwells within us, changing us from the inside, equipping us when we need, maybe temporarily, maybe in the long term, bringing us to know our Saviour, kick-starting that personal relationship convicting us of our heavenly father's love and sending us out to proclaim it so how did Peter finish he finished just as Joel did and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved that is the good news and he said it so everyone could understand it and that day, if you read on a little in Acts, 3,000 were added to their number. 3,000 lives were changed. They were changed for good. Now you can take that to mean forever. You can take it to mean for better. It means both. They were changed for good. 3,000 souls 
changing lives is the work of the Holy Spirit. Has your life been changed? Is it still changing? Because when you invite the Holy Spirit, that is what happens.